0: All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, I ask that you bless the preaching of your word. I ask, O Lord, that you bless us as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Thank you again, Pastor McMurtry, for allowing me to come up here, and uh, I don't take it for granted. So um, I also want to thank my church members for allowing me to come here from Love Assembly Baptist Church. I want to thank you all. Uh, They've allowed me to travel in the space of three weeks now, two different places, so uh, I know I'm not going anywhere again once I come back, <laughs> but uh, I don't take it for granted. I thank uh, them for allowing me that. And um, yeah, I want to say the work that has been done here is a great work. And uh, you, you're all blessed to have Pastor McMurtry here. Uh, he's a blessing to me. Uh, his wife is a blessing to my wife also. So it's, it's a great work, and I pray, pray God continues to bless the work that is being done here. All right, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the seating of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and the apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. The title of my sermon this afternoon is, Your Appearance Matters. Your appearance matters. See, God blessed King Solomon with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge. And in 1 Kings chapter 4, you flip a little bit back in your Bible. 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 30, the Bible says, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country, and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezrahite, and Heman, and Chalcol, and Dada, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all nations round about. And he spake three thousand Proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five, and he spake of trees, from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beasts and of fowl, and of creeping things, and of fishes. And there came of all people to hear the wisdom of Solomon, for all from all the kings of the earth which had heard of his wisdom. So the Queen of Sheba. When she came to Solomon, she had all her questions answered. I mean, she poured out her heart to, to Solomon. And Solomon told her all her heart. Everything she wanted to know. Solomon's appearance was what sealed the deal for the Queen of Sheba. What Solomon, how he appeared unto her. The Queen of Sheba was completely flawed. The Bible says there was no spirit left in her. Your appearance is a lot more than just your dressing. It's a lot more than apparel. Right? Yes, dressing is a significant part of your appearance, but it is every way we represent ourselves. That is what the world is looking at. And that is what God wants us to be conscious of. Your appearance matters. We have the wisdom of Solomon. At least we have the wisdom that we need. We have the Bible, the Word of God. So read your Bible, listen to preaching, ask God for wisdom. He gives it to us liberally, James 1.5. At, el- at this earlier stage in life, Uh, During Solomon's reign, he still pleased the Lord. Open to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 16. Solomon did not seclude himself. Solomon did not hide his knowledge or hide his wisdom, the light that was given to him. Uh, He didn't use it for his own lusts or his own pleasures. He used it to serve the Lord. He used, he spread the word, as it were. I mean, everyone came to Solomon, all kings and people, all the nations round about, they heard of the wisdom of Solomon. So, we have that wisdom, we have that light, so people are going to be attracted to us. People are going to come to us. And guess what? Then your appearance matters. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, this is later on in his life when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he says in verse 16, I communed with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate. I have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge and i gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly i perceived that this also is vexation of spirit for in much wisdom is much grief and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow so as i said this was later on in his life when he had vexations and vanities in his life due to the satisfying of his lust you know the Bible says he married various women, and he was worshiping their idols, building temples for them and and shrines for their idols. And that was not just where he stopped. If you notice, as the Bible says, he gave himself to no madness, to no folly. He just felt he was so wise, maybe conquer it, or just know what it's all about. So he began to be simple, uh, to to be wise in doing evil, not simple concerning evil. And um, and what did that get him? He made him want to fulfill his own loss, to satisfy his own loss. As opposed to shining the light and continue bringing people to Jerusalem to listen to the wisdom of Solomon concerning the the Lord. So earlier, Solomon used his gifts to serve the Lord and God's people. Right? And to spread. And who are God's people? The church. That's the church in the Old Testament. So he built the temple, he made peace with his enemies, Because if a man's ways pleases the Lord, the Bible says he will make his enemies to even be at peace with him. He made Israel a beacon of light, he prospered all the subjects that were around him and under him, I should say. Uh, So God wants us to grow in knowledge and grow in wisdom and understanding, but not for us to be sorrowful about it and be depressed or idle and be puffed up because we have knowledge. Right? Let's not be like Solomon in his latter lives and going for the wrong things. But to use it for the advancement of the kingdom of God in the which we are kings and priests. Just as Solomon was a king. So we are kings and priests so we are to use it to serve his people. Some doctrines we know could make us sorrowful. Right? Signs of the pending uh, destruction of, the, of this nation. We see those signs. We see the sodomy in this nation. We see the shedding of blood. You know, abortions and things like that. It could make you sorrowful, it could make you sad, it could make you, you know, seclude yourself and not want to talk. Uh, or signs of the end of the world. You know, you see what the government is doing, mystery of iniquity, the, works, the antichrist is already here, perilous times already coming. So, let, don't let that make you afraid or make you sorrowful or make you depressed. It's not time for you to hide yourself or withdraw from fellowshipping. Or I'll just be by myself. I'll just be invisible. I'll just disappear. No, it's a a time for you to be the light, for you to be a beacon. So, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And that is for the world. Now, also, we are supposed to be examples to other brethren. We are supposed to encourage other brethren. We are supposed to provoke other brethren unto good works. Paul was telling Timothy, he says, Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, that is your lifestyle, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So, your appearance matters. Because you are an example. Both to the world and to believers. Look at Matthew chapter 23. Open to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Famous passage of Jesus rebuking the Pharisees. So your appearance starts from within. God looks at the inside. God looks at the heart. You know, Man looks at the outside and God looks at the heart. So you first have to please the Lord. So your appearance starts from within. Jesus was telling the Pharisees says, Woe unto you, Matthew 23 verse 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. The focus is within, so that without will follow suit. When within is clean, the outside will follow suit. Sarah called Abraham Lord in her heart. Then her actions matched her convictions. So, that, so she said, oh my Lord. Then what? everything she did was matching what was inside. So if inside is wrong, then the outside, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the inside is what God looks at. The inside is what matters. In verse 27, still reading, Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within, sorry, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So it is hypocrisy to superficially walk on the outside only for appearances sake. Having a name that you are alive, but instead you are dead or dying off, satisfying your ego to show everybody that, oh, you're righteous, you're a righteous person, or giving yourself a platform to look down on others. Oh, because my outside is good, so now I'm going to stand up and, you know, talk about your own outside, you know, and talk about you, while your inside is, while the person's inside might be getting better than your outside, but you're pulling them down and bringing them down because of appearances, so that's hypocrisy. In Proverbs 25 verse 14, the Bible says, whoso boasted himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. So, wells without water like the false prophets, clouds without rain, carried about of winds. Why? Because they're following every trend. Oh, I want to look good. I want to look like what people, what I want people to see. You know? And they're just following trends, trying to impress people, and eventually you will be found out. So, that's what always happens, and it will be worse for you in the end. Let's focus on five aspects, five aspects of Solomon's appearance that floored the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, as Jesus called her. Uh, the first one, the house that he built, the house that he built, open to Psalm 127, Psalm 127. Literally, this was Solomon's house, uh, and it was not the amount of gold that he used to build the house or the cost of the house, you know what she was looking at transcends all of that. And what I want to focus on transcends all of that. Remember when God was telling Moses that people are going to look at these laws and they are going to say, oh, what wonderful laws these are. Uh... Why would they say they are wonderful laws and they are great laws? It's because of they see Israelites doing the laws. It's not because they pick up the laws and they are reading it. It's because they are seeing it in Israel. They are seeing the lifestyle they are living. And people are going to look and say, Wow, Israel, you have wonderful laws. You have great laws. It's because of the appearances that, that Israel is showing those people. And that is the house that God built. You see that. So they'll look at the house and be like, Oh, wow, that's that's wonderful. So the house I'm talking about now, for us, is our family. Our family. Your family is your house. Psalm 127 verse 1, the Bible says, "...except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows." "...for so he giveth his beloved sleep, lo, children and heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate." So your house starts with your marriage. So building your house, you start with your marriage, leaving father and mother and cleaving to your wife, having a godly structure in your marriage. Where the roles of the man, uh, the husband, and the roles of the wives are kept. So the roles of the husband as a head to love, provide, protect, and lead. The role of the wives, submit to your husband, reverence your husband, right? Uh, reverence your husband and be a help meet unto him. In Proverbs 24 verse 3, the Bible says, Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. Solomon asked for wisdom, so he built his house. The Queen of Sheba looked at the house and was, wow, she was flawed by it. Yeah, she had the wisdom of God. It's one thing to be saying it, saying the word, saying it, oh I know this doctrine, I'm saying all this doctrine, and she, all her questions were answered. But she wasn't yet floored until she saw the house that he built. Your appearance matters. Proverbs 24 verse 27 also says, prepare thy work without. And make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thine house. What is that? Prepare yourself. Don't rush into building your house or for having a house sake. Oh, I just want to have a house. I just want the best house. Or I want this, I want it. So you're rushing into it. So prepare your work without. Count the cost. Be prepared for what you're going into. Uh, so what is going to be the appearance of your house? Think about that. Make sure you know what it is before you get into it. What kind of marriage do you have or would, would you want to have? Are you keeping the marriage bed undefiled? Children out of world luck? Think about that. Because those children are part of your house. And they will look at your house. And would they be flawed by seeing that? Your appearance matters. Amen? What kind of marriage are you preparing for? Let's move on. Point number two. The sitting of his servants. I'm going to combine a few of them here. The sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers, his cupbearers. So all these are his servants. We can just call that his servants. That's what floored the queen of Sheba. Children are servants. Children are servants. They serve their parents. They are serving in the house. The Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Fathers are supposed to chastise their children, and they chastise their children According to their pleasure. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. You know, fathers chastise their children according to their pleasure. But God chastises for their own profit. So, according to the pleasure too, should also be for their own profit. But, you know, we're, we're man. We're not perfect like God the Father. So, even Solomon was a servant of his father, King David. So, Solomon will remain his servant because his father is a king until the father dies. So, later he became king. So, what I'm trying to say is, servant is not a bad thing. You say, oh, children are servants. so that means it's bad. No. Servant just means you're servant. Uh, we are all servants of the Lord. So, we're serving God. It's not a bad word. The question is, what are you serving? Who are you serving? The princes of a kingdom serve a king. Right? So, uh, we too, servants of God, we are serving God. As opposed to serving unrighteousness or serving sin. So children and servants, they are not the lords of the house. We're talking about your appearance now, with, with, the, with the servants in the house, the sitting of the servants, right? They are not the lords of the house. Even Jacob told Joseph, in the Bible, says, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? And this was Joseph that he loved. So Jacob said, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? So Jacob wasn't taking that sitting down. Like, I know it was a dream, but don't, don't have any ideas that that's gonna happen. Because you are a servant. You are under me. We're not supposed to bow down to you. So, children are to know their place. And you are, we as parents are ought to put them in their place. Children ruling is punishment from the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 4, and I will give children, this is God talking about how he'll punish Israel for their sin, says, and I will give children to do, to be their princes and babes Will rule, shall rule over them. On to the first Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3. So the first one there was the sitting of his servants. The sitting of his servants. This is the servants doing what they ought to do. Queen, Queen of Sheba, she was looking she was talking to Solomon. She was just looking around. Wow, all the servants are doing everything. They're sitting in the right place. Everyone is doing the right thing. And that means the children are not acting unseemly. They're doing what they ought to do. Yes, a two-year-old is supposed to run around, foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. I'm not talking about the two-year-olds or the four-year-olds, you know. you know what I mean. They're doing, if it's unseemly, then something is wrong, right? They're doing, uh, they're acting how they ought to act. In First Timothy 3, verse 1, this is the qualifications of a bishop. The Bible says in verse 1, this is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire it a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, giving to hospitality, apt to teach, not giving to wine, no striker, not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So we know that this is not just for pastors. This is for all believers. You're not just reading things and be like, oh, yeah, that's for Pastor. You know? This is for all of us. This is how we ought to be. So now, if you want to be a pastor, make sure you're already doing the little that God has called you to do. Right? Because if you don't know how to rule your house, how would you rule the house of the Lord? So that's what God is saying. So this is a well-built house. A man that has this, that God is saying that this is a, well, this is a picture that God wants to see. This is the appearance that God wants you to have. Remember, it starts from the inside. It's not just, oh, make this fake. It starts from within. The wife and the children. It's not a once and done thing. It's not, oh yeah, you just have good children at a five year old and everything is fine. Then it's once and done. Every homeowner knows that there is maintenance to keep your house. If not, it will deteriorate. right? You have to keep working on the house. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 18, By much slothfulness, the building decayed, and through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. So, he that ruleth well his own house... Having his children in subjection. They are doing what they ought to do. That is the appearance that. Queen of Sheba saw with Solomon. The house that he built. The sitting of his servants. You know. Uh, the cupbearers, All of them doing the right things. In Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 verse 6. The Bible says. The same. Uh, a parallel passage to the. Uh, qualifications of a bishop. It says. If any be blameless. The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. So, this is appearance, but not for appearance sake. For training. Right? You, uh, you have to train your children. Because if you cannot train your children, it's talking to the bishop, how would you be able to rule the house of God? But it's for all of us. You have to train your children. Think about Isaac and Abraham. Isaac was so well trained that he was ready to submit himself as a sacrifice. By the hand of his father. Many children would have just taken off, left their father, <laughs> and just gone. Because Isaac was strong enough. I, I, okay, I know I haven't preached it here before, but if you read the, the story, Isaac wasn't just a very little boy. He was a young boy. A young boy, I'll say. I'll still say he's a boy. Because Abraham gave him all the wood. Yeah. Now, all the wood to carry is not a few sticks. <laughs> right? It's a bunch of wood. To burn the sacrifice around. <laughs> so that was a lot of wood he was carrying. So he was not a little kid. Also, he wasn't a dumb kid. He's like, so where's the lamb? Where, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> he's observant. So he's not, he wasn't just a kid just going along and he was going to be sacrificed. He knew what was going on and he was there. Abraham tied him up and was ready to slay him. So, and he did it. There was no struggle from him at least that like the Bible records. And that is why Isaac is the only father uh, of the patriarchs that did not go into Egypt. All of them went except Isaac. The next one is the attendance of his ministers. That is still talking about his servants. So, attendance of his ministers, his cup bearers. That means it is not just that they are doing what they ought to do. They are also serving. That is why I say it is his servants, It is serving children. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Children should know that they are serving God by serving you. When they are serving you, they are serving the Lord. They are obeying what God said. Why was Solomon's house in such pristine order? Because his subjects had no doubt that they were serving God. Well, they were serving him. They had no doubt. 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 28. The Bible says, And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged. And they feared the king for, that is because, They saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. So they were absolutely sure, oh yes, this is David's son and God is with him. He's doing what God wants. He has the wisdom of God. So we're going to do exactly what he says. His house was in order. The sitting of his servants, right? The attendance of his ministers, the cupbearers. They said, oh, as long as we serve this king, we're serving the Lord. Your children know when you're not serving the Lord. Your children know when you're outside the will of God. So if you're doing the will of God... You should make sure that your children know that and they're serving the Lord by serving you. That is the appearance of the house that God wants us to have. Your children will obey you if they know that you're serving the Lord. Now, we parents were not perfect. So you don't say, well, serve me because I'm right. I'm following the word of God. So this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Take them along, you know, make right judgments. So what judgments are you making in your house? What laws are you putting down? What instructions are you leaving? Let's look at point number three, their apparel. Yes, dressing matters, right? <laughs> so it's not just the clothes uh, uh, that you wear, but everything that you wear. It's not just your, your clothing, but everything that you put on your body. I'm talking about your perfumes or your colognes, your hair, your makeup, every other accessories you put on your body. What is the cause? What is the motivation for what you're putting on your body or for your apparel, your clothing? It should ultimately be to please God. That is That is what should motivate you or drive you. Because... What matters is what is within, not what is without. First of all, to please God, you want to cover your nakedness. Covering your nakedness. What is nakedness? The loins and the thighs. You want to cover that. God gave Adam the first acceptable dressing. And he covered his nakedness. uh, Covering nakedness, not opaque dressing. You know, fig leaves. You know, that wind can just blow around. Right? He gave him leather. Right? The skin of an animal. To make sure he's well covered. Not a see-through material. Then secondly, men should look like men and women should look like women. Uh, See, as long as that that works, anyhow you do it, just make sure you look like a man. Now, God says it in many ways, right? In Deuteronomy 22 verse 5, it's a big deal because 22 verse 5 says, "The The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abominations unto the Lord thy God. So, it is an abomination. It's not just that the act is an abomination. The person that does it is an abomination. So, first of all, you cover your nakedness because you want to please the Lord. You want to please the Lord, then you look like what you are supposed to be, a man or a woman. You know, you have short hair according to First Corinthians chapter 11, if you're a man, and you have long hair, if you're a woman. As, as much as is in your power, as the Bible says. Then thirdly, modesty. Modesty. The Bible talks about the attire of a harlot. So, we should know what that is. You know, you want to stand out. You're trying to stand out, then dress like a believer. Dress like how God tells you. You stand out in this world. So don't try to, you know, join the people that think they're standing out and you look like everybody else. You know, skin tight, revealing, outer clothing. You know, ladies cover the top because that's modesty. So oh, it's not my nakedness, so I can do anything. It's modesty. Right? It is modesty. The right clothing for the right occasion. Right? You know, dress well for the occasion. Don't have the Walmart mentality. I just wear what I feel like going. I'm just going to Walmart. I just yeah. wear anything. You know, that's how people dress. You just wear anything they want to wear for any occasion. <laughs> it, our parents matters. Yeah. Amen? So, what your clothing represents also matters. You know, are you wearing rainbows? Rainbow clothing? Now, if you're two years old, that, you, you, you guess what? You get what I mean? Or the filthy language that is on your clothing? Yeah. Yes, you go to a thrift store and you want to buy something, it's cheap. Doesn't mean you buy anything. <laughs> you see, you have to make some judgments, right? What you're wearing matters. Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Modesty and moderation, or moderate, they share the same root word, modus, which is a measure of something. So the measure of your modesty, the measure of your moderation should be known to all men. Hey, even in your appearance, it should be known. Because God wants us to be the lighted world. God wants us in this world. Yes, we're not of this world, but we're in this world. He doesn't want us to seclude ourselves and stay somewhere else, in, in uh, mountaintops like monks. But he wants us to be part of this world, so that we can reach the people in this world. Even if it means you're wearing one suit every Sunday, it is what it is. Because that is the only clothing that you have, and your appearance matters. The goal is to please God, while representing God in this world, you know what you ought to do. All I'm doing is reminding you, that your appearance matters. Point number four. The meat of his table. The meat of his table. This is about what you eat. Now it's not about clean food or unclean food. You know everything we eat. That's sanctified, uh, uh, sanctified by Thanksgiving. As the Bible says. So another is it about organic foods. You know we try to do organic non-GMO. My family. And first of all it's very expensive. Let's just put it that way. Then also there's no verity. Like, you have to buy just this brand, and this brand. <laughs> and because of that, it's a monopoly, and therefore it's very expensive. So all I do is just eating healthy. As healthy as we can eat, we'll be fine. You know, we'll soon get our new bodies, and we'll go to heaven. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. But constantly eating unhealthy foods, I'm talking about fast foods, giant sodas, all those things. Uh, that, is, that is wrong. I mean, our appearance matters. You know, it affects... More than your visible appearance affects your health also. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, Daniel chapter 1, and when it affects your health, it eventually shows up on you. (laughs) Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You have to propose in your heart Even the meat that is on your table. What you are eating. It's not the quantity of food alone. It is not the presentation of the food alone. It is not even the type of food. It is in whose honor and glory the food is being prepared. You say, but it's just my body. Yes, your body is the temple of God. Whose honor and glory is your food being prepared? What you are eating. What you put in your house. What you put in your mouth. You know? When you are eating it. How you are eating it. The kind of food. Your body is not your own, the Bible says. When you commit fornication, the Bible says you're sinning against your own body. You start eating junk, you're sinning against your own body too. Because your body is not... God wants to use us. You weren't just saved so that you just pleasure yourself with anything you want to eat. You are saved because God wants to use your body. And it's keeping you alive. It's giving you long health, long life and good health because He wants to use us. Intentionally eating food, sacrifice to idols is sinful. So, dishonoring God... What picture are you portraying as a believer? Oh, you're the guy that just eats and eats and eats. What picture are you portraying? Because your appearance matters. Your appearance matters. So, also, are you eating for strength? Or are you eating for drunkenness? That means you just want to be full. Or I just want to keep eating. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 16. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 16. The Bible says, Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child... <laughs> See, they're already insane. And thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed are thou, O land, when thy king is a son of nobles. And thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. Nothing is wrong for eating for pleasure, right? Make sure that if you're eating for pleasure, you're killing two birds with one stone. You know, that's what I do. What are, what what are the two birds? Hunger and pleasure. So, you can eat for pleasure, but make sure you're satisfying hunger. That means it's for strength and with moderation. Open to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Anytime I'm going to the buffet, what I do is, I don't eat for maybe 12 hours before I go to the buffet. So, it depends on when. So, usually in the afternoon or something like that or evening. So, I don't eat, like, maybe just breakfast and that's it. And I don't eat and I'm hungry. I'm starving. So, when I go to the buffet, I get my money's worth, right? (laughs) So, it's not... I mean, I'm talking about like a good buffet, you know, like just Chinese buffet, like Fogo de Chow. Every time we go to Fogo de Chow, we're always sponsored because it's so expensive. <laughs> First time I went, my boss is the one that sponsored me. And he's like, just go anywhere to eat. So we researched and that's when we found Fogo de Chow, and we went there. I think I went there one time, actually, before that. But then the second time, a church sponsored me, you know, just, that's my church. And we went with my wife and... I was hungry when I got there, so I can eat for strength. Amen? <laughs> While satisfying pleasure at the same time. So there's nothing wrong with eating for pleasure. Amen? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, talking about the meat of his table, it says in verse 17, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ... Whose end is their destruction? Whose God is their belly? That's a description. That is an appearance. Your appearance matters. We're marking some people and we're telling you, hey, this is how they look. Your appearance matters. Whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things... For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Because about the inward focus. So, focus on the inside, not on the outside. Not Because our body is going to go, our body is going to be changed, we're going to be like him. So, how we live, how we appear in this world, which should be about the inside first. Then, it should show on the outside. So, another thing about the meal in his house, or the food on the table, are you wasteful? Are you wasteful? Because if you're wasteful with food, that is an appearance that you don't want. Just wasting food. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 9, He also that is slothful in his work, is brother to him that is a great waster. So you just waste the food you buy. You go, you just waste and waste and waste. That is an appearance, also. Look at the fifth point: His ascent up into the house of the Lord. I like this one. His ascent up into the house of the Lord. It's not just going to church, but how he went to church. (laughs) His ascent—just she was watching. Oh, this is how he goes to church too. Wow! Just look at it. It's just wonderful. So, what is what is that telling us? Your reverence for the things of God. Your reverence for the things of God. You preach to people and preach and talk and talk and talk, but when they watch you, they're like, you don't even reverence the things of God. You're just taking Christianity like anything. Oh, but you're so smart. You know all the doctrines. Your appearance matters. Diligence and faithfulness. Not forsaking the assembly. Everyone knows where to find you on Wednesday and Sunday. you know, I nice to think about that. I like, wait. You know if somebody wants to rob my house. <laughs> they know the days to do it. Wednesday evening, Sunday, all day. They <laughs> like can just go to my house and clear it. No you know, because what because we moved and our neighbors were like, Oh, you guys are so lovely. We know you go to church every time. <laughs> Wednesday you're always in church, Sunday you're always in church. Like we know that. The house is empty. Because we have kids playing around, so they just know Sunday nobody's there, Wednesday nobody's there. So all our neighbors know that. But you see, God still protects. When God was sending the armies to go and fight, they left their children. Nobody came to attack their children. Anyway, I'm digressing. The point is how you go to church. Wednesday and Sundays, they know where to find you. Or do you receive calls or do people call you a lot on Sundays? It means sometimes you miss church and you answer the phone. Because after a while, people stop calling you. <laughs> because they know this guy doesn't answer anybody on Sundays. You know? <laughs> so they just stop calling you. But And how many messages will you receive from church members if you miss church unannounced? If you don't receive any messages, nobody calls you, then it's just a normal day. Uh, Sometimes you miss, sometimes you don't miss. Hey, but think about your accent unto the house of the Lord. How you go to church. That is an appearance. Then your attitude about going to church. The Bible says in Psalm 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Solomon wasn't like, oh... I have to leave my palace now and go to church. Uh. Uh. Alright guys, is it time? Is it really time? You know? <laughs> so how he went to church? Flood her. He was sent to the house of the Lord. Right? You know, he was is, is, is just looking at time or, or just, uh, you know, I could be more productive if I miss church. Solomon wasn't handling other businesses. You know, he's a busy guy, he's a king. There are other things he had to do, there are buildings he had, this was very early. But he still went to church. So gracefully that she mentioned it. You know. You don't look out at gas prices. You know. Should I go to church this week? What's the gas price like? You know. That's not what he did. Another thing is punctuality. Punctuality. Arriving early. Taking God seriously. You know. God, that is your accent unto the house of the Lord. Your appearance matters. Again the five points. The house he built. The sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers and his cupbearers, their apparel, the meat of his table, his accent up into the house of the Lord. And an extra point is hospitality and humility. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 10. Look at your Bibles there. 1 Kings chapter 10. I'll read from verse 1. First two verses. It says, And when the queen of Sheba... Head. Oh, by the way, why I added that as an extra point is because she didn't mention it, but it's part of the story. Also, I'm into numbers a little bit like God. I like five. <laughs> I like three, five, seven, ten. Kind of makes sense. You don't have six points. Sounds like six, 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 you know. <laughs> it's just my thing. All right. So it's just an extra point. Right. I had five points, guys. All right. <clears throat> Hospitality and humility. Let's read again from verse one. And when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon concerning sorry, head of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. The Bible says she came to prove him. The Holy Spirit is speaking. So that was true. She came to prove him what? With hard questions. And she ended up communing with him. Do you see that? Did you catch that? Even all her heart she communed with him. That's what the Bible says. So these two sentences they don't usually follow together. When you came to you, you want to prove somebody, come in hard questions. And at the end, you guys are just having communion. And fellowshiping. Right, it, it sounds like it's so relaxed, it's so cool. See, you don't just tell all your hearts to a stranger. Because she, she just heard of Solomon. You don't just tell all your And you never tell all your hearts to a wealthy, proud, arrogant, know-it-all stranger. But the fact that she was doing that, Solomon wasn't all of that. This was still early on in his life, I know. He wasn't all that and proving himself so hard or proud or arrogant. He was humble and he was hospitable. That's what Solomon was. Because your appearance matters. Uh, furthermore, for a woman to commune all her heart. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah, many husbands have gone years <laughs> for their wives to commune all their heart. That's why Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. He knew how to get all their heart. Alright, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, the Bible says she came, uh, uh, she heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. And I wanted to highlight that. It wasn't just that she told all her heart concerning all what she knows and everything. No, it's everything concerning the Lord. Everything she has heard of. Oh, who is this your God? What is your God all about? What is this and what is your laws? Why is this? What is your history? Everything concerning the Lord. She poured out her heart. And Solomon answered every question. Are you ready to answer every question? Yes. You're ready? You have the wisdom that Solomon had. You have the word of God. You even know more than Solomon concerning the things of God you just have to study it let the Holy Spirit lead you let the Holy Spirit teach you and you'll be able to answer anybody all their questions concerning the Lord but it doesn't stop there your appearance matters your appearance matters so all that flawed her also was the appearance so in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 the Bible says be not forgetful to entertain strangers like Abraham did when he saw those three men and he entertained them so, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. That's hospitality. That's humility. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest, lest thou also be tempted. So, yes, it's for strangers. It's for the world. You never know who you're entertaining and being hospitable to. But also it's within with the brethren. We are an example Right, so let that appearance show the, the spirit of meekness, not puffed up. In First Peter chapter five, First Peter chapter five, verse five, the Bible says, "Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder; ye all of you, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble." First Timothy chapter five, verse one and two says. First Timothy five, one and two. And this is how we treat each other. Right? Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. This is how we appear to each other. The examples we should be making, because our appearance matters. Appearances should not only be in church for church members. It's all areas of our lives. Don't pick and choose where. It's all, right? Don't pick and choose which items should I appear. Okay, all areas. As you saw, she looked at everything that was about Solomon. Everything. <laughs> Even how he went to church. Appearance matters. So Solomon impressed a woman that knew how to run a house. This was the queen that came. You know, women, I'm just taking generally, they know how to run a house and, you know, manage the home and all that. And all she was looking at was like, wow, his house. Now, probably if it was a king that came, he was probably looking at something else. Oh, do you see his chariots and all his soldiers and, you know, the walls that he built? You know, all of that. She, a king was probably be looking at something else. But this woman was looking at the house and she was impressed by that also. So it's not a small feat to, for what Solomon did. But he was not putting on a show for her. You say, oh, Solomon was just putting on the show because of the Queen of Sheba. You know, that's what Solomon does with women. No. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 10. Look at verse 6. 1 Kings 10 verse 6. The Bible says, And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts. Acts. And of thy wisdom. It's not just that she heard that the guy was so smart and he has all these good words oh have you gone to this guy he can explain all the doctrines to you he can no 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 that's not all what she heard she heard of what Solomon was doing so he didn't just start doing this so now she was looking at his house oh they said his house was so perfect and he he, you know how the sitting of his servant and all that so she was looking at it to prove it and she was like oh wow it was a true report ahead of your act it was not a show Solomon was putting on for her it was what people were saying so this is how it, it was just constant. It's not like oh, I just put it on a show when I come to church. Or I put it on a show when someone comes to visit me. You know? But in the world, oh, you just, or when you're free, when you're by yourself, your family is just down the drain. How you treat your children, the food on your table, you just eat junk. You know, all of that. No, no, don't be put on a show. That should be your lifestyle, your conversation. Amen? So, remember, it was not the wisdom, it, it, it was not by the wisdom of this world that he was doing it. Living with concubines, living, uh, living girlfriends, baby mama, children running the house because you know that's your house, your structure. Determine you, when children run in the house, they determine everything that goes on in the house. Whether they're going to church, whether they're not going to church, what food they are eating. You know that's what I mean by children running the house. You know, living to please them, or dressing like the world, dressing to fit in, or even to stand out like the world, eating like the world, treating God and church like a chore. Oh, just so stressful. I just have to do it. It's just a chore. I just want to check the box. How you do it, you know, when you send your children to do something, how they do it matters also. <laughs> right? The accent to do that chore matters. And God is not a chore. The things of God are not a chore. Church is not a chore. Look at Galatians chapter 2. In fact, I'll just read it. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I leave. Yet not I... But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live, in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You're not living your own life. You're representing Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be the light in this world. Christ is living in you. So how you look matters because of the inside. That's what I'm trying to say. Your appearance matters to this world, to the brethren. Your appearance matters. And finally, it's going to be a blessing for you, your house, and for the Lord, the house of the Lord. Look at First Kings chapter 10 again, verse 8. First Kings chapter 10, verse 8. What does she say? "'Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom,' Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee, therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So, because of his appearance, because of him letting his light shine, what was the, in the inside, that's what God blesses for his subjects, everyone under him, his family, his house. I mean, silver was like stones, the Bible says in, in Israel at that time. And in Matthew 5:16, finally says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven." She saw Solomon's house. She saw all his appearances. And she glorified God. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us and showing us that it starts with within, but the appearance outside also matters. I pray, Lord, as we have our within fixed, first with salvation, then with following your word. Let that show on our outside. Also, I commit this church into your hands, O Lord. Thank you all for the men. Thank you for the families here. I pray for all the husbands and all the men that you strengthen them, you make them pillars in your house. Uh, you keep their homes, you give them strength to provide for their own and to continue to serve you. I pray, Lord, for the wives to continue to keep, stay with their husbands and love them and reverence them. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for Pastor McMurtry. I thank you for his family. Thank you for the blessings and the work you've been doing through him to bless everyone, even this church, even me too. I pray, Lord, that you continue to use him, you strengthen him. I pray, Lord, that you, you give him uh, uh, strength for the work that he's doing so that he doesn't fall by the wayside. He will not faint in, in mind. Uh, uh, let him be encouraged by the church, oh Lord. I pray for his family. I pray for his wife that keeps encouraging my wife. I pray, Lord, that uh, she'll continue to do the great work she's doing and to bless other people. And um, I pray I'll be back here again to fellowship with them. I've loved this. Uh, thank you, Lord. Keep us as you tarry. Let us continue to please you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.